The pay disparity between the men and women is, is just too large and, and we want to continue to fight. Uh, the generation of players before us fought and now it's our job to, to keep on fighting. The pay cap for the women's Major League Soccer players is 11 times less than the pay cap for men's Major League Soccer. 11 times. Rapino gets across him. Listening to Give and Go with Rotas Wadera only on Girls Soccer Network. Hello and welcome. This is episode 18 of Give and Go. I'm your host, Rotas Wadera, and thank you so much for listening to us on Girls Soccer Network. Wow. Um, we have a lot to get to in this episode. We've got NWSL weeks two and three. We've got a special interview with Rose Lavelle talking about her new partnership with the Women's Sports Foundation as well as KT Tape. And of course, the World Cup is right around the corner. We're going to preview groups A and B today. But first, I got to let you know about all great things that are going on at www.girlssoccernetwork.com. Of course, follow us on Instagram at Girls Soccer Network or on Twitter at Girls Soccer Net. We have a YouTube channel. We have a Facebook page. Make sure you go hit the like button there. And of course, do not forget, if you want to listen to this podcast, you can ask Siri. You can tell Siri to play the show name. You can ask her to play your newest podcasts play the first episode, and so much more. So make sure you go do that. But for right now, let's get right into what's been special in the world of women's soccer. Weeks two and three of the NWSL have been absolute fireworks. I mean, seriously, wh where do we start? You, of course, you have the North Carolina Courage scored nine goals in their last two games, only conceded once, and that was a Rachel Daly special with a, a nice curled finish over the weekend but they are back to their dominant ways they made slight work of the pride who of course are making their own mistakes and then made easy work of the houston dash who are looking a lot better as a team looking for that first playoff push you know that first playoff berth but will they be able to do so you know obviously there was nothing doing against the north carolina courage they looked tremendous as always they put that pressure on other teams and they force mistakes out of you and when they're clicking on all cylinders again good luck stopping them we said that at the beginning of the season you're not going to be able to beat them and it looks like they have a tremendous opportunity other than you know Chicago is probably their closest competitor to potentially run the table and if they're going to keep scoring goals like this like good luck for anyone else to stop them of course you have Chicago not too far behind has looked very very impressive of course, you had the 4-4 thriller against Portland last week. What a game that was. Again, a little bit of sloppy play from both sides, which led to some of those goals. But still, for Chicago to, to do what they did, not just against Portland in that 4-4 game, but then to, to beat the Reign 3-0 this weekend, um, you can only say so much about this Red Stars team and what they bring to the table it's so great to see that, you know, Lydia Williams stood up to Sam Kerr multiple times for for the rain. 
But the fact that they were able to score three goals without Kerr is huge for this team moving forward. Because if they don't have to rely on her game in and game out to score and you're getting an all-around effort from other players like Nagasato, like Brooke Elby who scored her first career NWSL goal, Casey Short coming down the wing, that is so critical for this team because if you start scoring goals from multiple places they become that much more difficult to stop most teams are coming out just to game plan and stop Sam Kerr but that is not the case anymore and as they continue to get better as a team the Red Stars will not be too far behind the courage I'm telling y'all they looked fantastic of course the rain off to a slow start this season you know, that was a tough 3-0 loss to the Red Stars. And then the week before, you know, a 1-1 draw. Unfortunately, you, you lose Jasmine Spencer for the year. Megan Rapino is still getting back to full health. But the, the big story has really been Bethany Balser from Spring Arbor University in Michigan. NAIA, one of the best players in, in that division in college soccer, has come in and just looked tremendous on the ball just popping up in all any kind of dangerous area scored a cracking goal to secure that tie anytime you're filling in for Megan Rapino, it's going to be a tough tough task but she has done it admirably and Vladko Andonovsky and his staff deserve a ton of credit for what they've been able to do in terms of scouting her obviously she played over some summers for the Seattle Sounders women's team and I'm sure that played a factor in being able to to at least get a look at what she was capable of beforehand, and it would make sense as to why she ended up in Seattle. And and it looks like she's going to get plenty more opportunities to start on the left wing. Unfortunately, Jasmine Spencer is out for the season with an ACL tear, and that's so unfortunate because of how well she did in Australia. But, you know, if you're Seattle, it will be... It's not a great start to the season. They need to start picking up three points where where they can, especially now that the World Cup is coming up. You have the camp leading up to the World Cup, so now all the star players are going to get called in. So their depth is really, really going to be put to the test now. Of course, Chicago has gotten the results they needed. The, the, the Courage have gotten the results they needed. Now we'll see if the rain can do what's necessary if they want to stay in that playoff hunt. Now, we've talked about this many a time on this show. Orlando, now you may remember two weeks ago, Orlando was just in in dire straits, really. I mean, Ashlyn Harris really did what she could to call out this team and really let them know, hey, we need to do better. Uh, our coach did not pick up his family and come all the way here across the pond for us to play this poorly. But the bottom line is, there. again, I've said this before, you can't just put a bunch of stars on the pitch and expect things to work out the way that they have. Ashlyn Harris has done everything she possibly could. Um, they did have a moment to, to save her with Alana Kennedy's Bicycle kick goal that made SportsCenter's top 10 plays. I mean, what a finish that was. I honestly think it may be time to put her further up the pitch. But again, what do you do when you don't have the depth to do so? Right? She should be in that midfield, not at the back. She is a creator with technique, with the ability to go forward. 
yet when you don't have the depth at the back, you're going to be in trouble. And the Pride are going to struggle even more so. And look, it didn't help that they had those three games in eight days. That is so, so unfortunate that that happened. But what you know, what can you do when, when the schedule makers come out and, 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 you know, totally screw them like this? So, you know, they've got a tough, tough task ahead of them. Mark Skinner, the job is not going to get any easier, especially now with Morgan and Marta gone. But it just looks like it is so unfortunate because you can start to see the frustration mount for the pride and see how, you know, lackluster it looks. Like, yes, they are creating opportunities, but again, in their last matchup, they were simply unable to muster anything against Utah. Really no, nothing much at all. And again, that, that credit also goes to Utah because of how good they are defensively. They look as solid as ever. They're, they're doing what they do best, which is defending while getting that one to two goals that they need in order to get a result because they love to slow the game down, sit back. When you have when you have two national team players at the back and Becky Sauerbrunn and, and Kelly O'Hara, and then you also have Scotland's captain, Rachel Corsi, as well. Just such an experienced back line. You're not, it's going to be a tough, tough task. And then you have either Abby Smith or Nicole Barnhart. And Barnhart's been in there because Abby Smith is still recovering. So you look at what you know this team is able to do. And Laura Harvey deserves so much credit. She is the winningest coach in NWSL history for a reason. And you see just how solid they are. Kristen Press looks phenomenal. She looks so good up top. Just running with a reckless abandon in and behind defenders. She looks so tough to stop. Really, really tough to stop. You know, Utah could be that team. Again, the only question is, how do they do when they're not scoring goals, right? You're going to see a lot of nil-nil draws with this team. Or, or what happens when they don't defend? Because they're, they're going to be caught in some shootouts. They need to be able to score. But you, you can see why they were the team that handed the Courage their only loss of the season last year because of how good they are defensively. If they're capable of slowing the Courage offense down, I mean, anything is possible for this team, and they will absolutely be in the playoff hunt. Now, of course, Portland is always going to be in the mix as well. You saw what Tobin Heath was able to do. Her back heel goal, again, also made SportsCenter's top 10 plays uh, over the weekend. And just what they do, Christine Sinclair still has got it. A hat trick last weekend. What more can you say about her? Just still scoring goals at a rapid, rapid pace. Um, but surprisingly, you know, Sky Blue really would, never would have expected them to jump out to a 2-0 lead. They looked a lot better. I mean, major, major improvement for Sky Blue for them to go up 2-0, Carly Lloyd running behind the defense with reckless abandon. You can't say enough about what um, she... Like, she needs to be that superstar scoring goals for Sky Blue. That's the bottom line. 
And, you know, those for the first 20 minutes of that game, they looked like they were better than Portland. And even the last 20 minutes of that game, they were creating opportunities. Savannah McCaskill entered the fray and, and again, was creating chances down that right-hand side. So you look at what Sky Blue has, a, a solid, you know, nucleus of young players with Carly Lloyd. They they are fully capable. But, again, with, with no Mandy Freeman, no Madison Tiernan, they're going to have a tough time holding on to leads. So, you know, Kaylin Sheridan is doing everything that she possibly can. You know, you saw that in their game last week. And again, this weekend against Portland, she really is doing everything she possibly can for this team. Really doesn't get enough respect as one of the better goalkeepers in the game. Who knows, maybe, well, she's definitely going to the World Cup, right, as Canada's number two alongside Stephanie LeBay of the Courage. So we'll see what happens um, with their goalkeeping situation. But Sheridan has done everything she possibly can for Sky Blue, and, and she will continue to do so. And again, as I mentioned before, Portland looking as solid as ever, able to come back and scrap and claw. They clearly have defensive issues that they need to work out. Emily Sonnet honestly has not been her best. Ellie Carpenter may be getting forward a little bit too much, but it's it's clearly you're more than capable of getting in behind this Portland Thorns defense. The fact that they gave up two to Sky Blue and then four to Chicago. Uh, there, there should definitely be some concerns in Portland regarding their defense. But again, no shortage of goals, no shortage of their ability to get forward, create, and score. This is going to be is shaping up to be a tremendous season based on the way teams are playing right now. A ton of goals after a slow first weekend. These last two weeks have been absolutely tremendous. So we will, you know, obviously be following that closely alongside the World Cup. But yeah. Spirit, we'll see how they do in their upcoming games. They were idle over the weekend. But, you know, right now the way things are going, you can really kind of see the table start to take shape. The Courage at the top. Courage, sorry, the, the Red Stars at number two. Portland at number three. And then that fourth spot really looks up for grabs between Utah and Houston. We'll see if Seattle can get themselves back into the mix. Sky Blue and, and Washington still have some work to do. All right, it is that time. We have a special interview with Rose Lavelle of the U.S. Women's National Team. She has a sponsorship deal with KT Tape, which is this injury sports tape that really helps you recover and while also being able to go out there and play. You also have the Women's Sports Foundation that is partnering up with them in order to empower women. It was a great conversation. Enjoy, guys. How are you feeling and um, physically? as you kick off a new season um, in, with the Spirit and heading into the World Cup? Um, I feel really good. I've had a couple bumps in the road this year, but um, I, now I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling healthy. I feel like I'm going to peak at the right time, so I'm excited. Okay, excellent. Um, so much of being an athlete is dealing with injury. How do you kind of cope with the mental side of that? Um... Yeah, I think like coming back from an injury as hard as it is physically, I feel like it's 10 times harder mentally. And um, I've actually been talking with the sports psych since coming back from my injury. And I feel like that's been like kind of what's helped me get back to the point that I am. Um, it has helped me like keep growing. Sure. Um, I feel like it's like a very underrated side of sports that people kind of neglect. And I feel like I've 
that's like one of the things I like picked up from my injury was like how important that side is and I feel like um yeah I've just been focusing a lot on that the past year and a half and it's really helped me super interesting and and how does KT tape kind of help with the confidence kind of now going you know you're working on the mental side but now that you're, you're using this product that you love and and how does it help you yeah I think when you're um coming back from like a big injury there's always kind of that fear in your head that it's going to happen again mm-hmm. and for me um it did happen again like that's why right. it ended up being a way longer injury because I kept like tearing a different muscle in my hamstring um so now I kind of take no chances and I feel like putting KT tape on like helps give me extra support and helps make my hamstring feel like a little more warmed up um and I feel like it just helps me like in that in itself helps me like focus more on soccer rather than right like me re-injuring it got it um tell us a little bit about the KT tape sorry partnership with the women's sports foundation and what it means for you to be a part of it yeah I think it's like a really cool brand I think um I'm in a position where like little girls and like younger girls look up to me so I think it's cool to partner with um for KT tape to partner with this brand that's like all about ensuring um equal access and opportunity to women in sports and physical activity Mm -hmm. um and yeah, they we have these little headbands that they're going to sell throughout the World Cup, um, and all the proceeds are going to go to the Women's Sports Foundation. Um, you can get it at kttape.com/headband. Okay, great, awesome. Um, how excited are you for the World Cup? How are you kind of managing your expectations? And you know, tell me just about your headspace with this huge competition coming up. Yeah, um, I'm really excited. Obviously, this is going to be my first major tournament, but I think um, we have a lot of people that have gone through it before and um, I think are helping us like know what to expect for all the players that haven't been there yet. Um, and then I think in a different aspect, it's like it's kind of like business from here on out and um, we're going, we have a goal in mind. And mm-hmm. like I just think that's kind of where my mind's at. It's not really focused on me, but more so like, the cohesion and togetherness of this team because I think that's what we're going to need to succeed when we get to France. Absolutely. Um, okay, I just have some sort of general fun stuff questions for you. Um, cool. Are you? Will you bring Wilma to oh so yeah, to France? Yeah, this is our audience wants to know this. <laughs> so. I wish. I, I, she can't handle that kind of long no. plane ride. She can barely handle a car ride. I understand. So she'll have to watch from afar, unfortunately. Exactly. Um, who are some of your soccer idols growing up? I was obsessed with Mia Hamm. Okay. That was like, yeah. That her was... and honestly all the nine years. Her, Christine Lilly, Julie Fowdy, like I loved them. Got it. Um, we're sort of doing our own version of the Vogue 73 questions. So here's a few for you. Um, oh, cool. Pump up at- anthem. If you have one. Pump up anthem. Pump, yeah. I actually listen to like calming music before I play. Interesting. Okay. Love yeah, that. Because I feel like by the time that I'm like walking out onto the field, I'm already going to be amped up. So I need something to like calm me before that so that I'm at like the optimal amped up level by the time I'm walking out. Excellent. Okay. Um, romantic comedies or horror flicks? Romantic comedies. <laughs> 
to the movie person. What's the one um, uh, with Matthew McConaughey and is it Kate Hudson? How to lose a guy. In- How to lose a guy. Okay. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> okay. Um, favorite boy band. Okay, good one. Um, Who would you choose to take a penalty kick if the game was on the line? Oh, Pino. Okay. Um, What's your favorite thing about your body? It's for young young girls to, you know. Um, I like my muscles. You like your muscles. Love it. Again, it was a really, really awesome opportunity for Girls Soccer Network to be able to speak with her of course the voice that you heard was our ceo jen and uh she did a great job being able to to speak with rose regarding not just kt tape the women's sports foundation but also her career how things are going ahead of the world cup you know it's we're so so close it is right around the corner we cannot wait to to really bring you everything related to the world cup now word from our first sponsor, Striker Elite. Based out of Las Vegas, Nevada, Striker Elite develops confident, creative, and elite players in soccer and for life. After instructing players seeking to play at the highest level, Coach George Nahorski quickly recognized the need for an environment that helped these players excel at a rapid pace. That's where the creation of an academy that would specialize in training soccer players was born. Focusing on player development, the curriculum at Striker Elite emphasizes technical skills, tactical awareness, mental toughness, character, leadership, and confidence. They currently have U.S. Development Academy, ECNL, ODP, and college players at Striker Elite, as well as aspiring players seeking to play professionally. Striker Elite trainers are qualified and have extensive playing and coaching experience. Whether you're a club player looking to take your game to the next level and become a college or professional player, they will help you fulfill your goals. They provide elite one-on-one training, partner training, small group and team training, plus elite camps. For more information, go to www.strikerelitesoccer.com. Again, we've been doing a tremendous Tuesday Touches series on Instagram, on the YouTube channel. They've got so much going on. Again, you definitely want to go check them out, www.strikerelitesoccer.com. Okay, now before we get into Groups A and B of the World Cup, just a quick word on the uh, on the championships going on over in England. You have Arsenal, who have captured another FAWSL title. Um, they were neck and neck with Manchester City for the majority of the season, but they were able to seal the deal with a 4-0 win. Uh, really the best team all season. Vivian Miedema is going to be a very fun player to watch coming up at the World Cup because not only was she the top scorer in the league, but they were the best team. You also have Manchester United on the women's side winning the championship, which is the league below the FAWSL. So they have earned automatic promotion into the FAWSL. To have a, a big brand like that and a team like that in the FAWSL, it's going to be huge for the league and it's only going to increase um, along with the Barclays uh, TV deal and media deal it's going to be so big for the league to have a brand like that in the league so you know that's going to be incredibly exciting and then on top of that you have the FA Cup final 
coming up soon, which will be between Manchester City and West Ham United. So as that season wraps up, you know, uh, some big fixtures still coming up, and we will keep you posted on that. Leading up to the World Cup, of course, that'll be done right before, I'm sure, England players report to their camp. But, yeah, just a quick update on what was going on over across the pond in England. Now, it is that time. Again, we've got about three more episodes, including this one, before the World Cup. So what we're going to do, there's six groups. We've got groups A and B for this episode. Groups C and D, the next episode, and groups E and F will be covered in the final episode before the World Cup. Of course, E and F, I believe it is Group F that has the United States, so we will have all that perfect timing. But of course, we start with Group A, the host nation, France. They've made four World Cup appearances. Their best finish was fourth place in 2011, and they reached the quarterfinal stages back in 2015 in Canada. Of course, they are the favorites to get out of this group at the top, although Norway will not be far behind. Again, this is the team that is likely the biggest threat to the United States, and when you look at their star-studded roster, they will be very, very tough to beat. You look at Eugenie Le Sommer, Amadine Henri, Wendy Renard, Sarah Buhadi and Nett, that backbone uh, is is a very, very strong one, and they will not back down for the, from the United States. We saw what they were able to do uh, to start 2019. They just flat-out stifled the United States offense and, it, and really exposed the fact that if you can stop the United States offense, you can expose their defense and make them look relatively average and relatively normal. So France will be a team that is expected to to likely win. I mean, as the host nation, you better believe people in France are expecting this team to get it done and beat the United States. So that's what's going to make this such a fun, fun tournament. There's always high expectations for any host nation that hosts, hosts a World Cup. So we'll see what France can produce at that level. But we know what they're capable of. We know they have the star power and the ability to go far. So we'll see how they do. Norway is next. They are a perennial power in the women's game. They have made it to every World Cup with eight appearances and were champions in 1995. They did not lose a match that tournament. Just to speak to how dominant they once were, they did not lose a match and they outscored their opponents 23-1. to They haven't been the same force in the game because they haven't made it past the quarterfinals since 2007. It's been a while since they've really been able to, to go far at the World Cup. But again, the star, Ada Hegerberg, who you might remember won the Ballon d'Or and had to deal with all of those sexist comments that were thrown her way. That presenter who said those things about her twerking on stage, you can imagine. Um, I mean, she handled that with class because she is a world-class player and her goal-scoring record right, is is impeccable. Uh, so when you look at what this team is, is capable of, um, they really will go as far as she takes them. And, and, and for whatever reason, any time in the past, recently, when the stage is on, she, she's actually missed in front of goal when she, when she has the goal-scoring record that she has. You'd think that she wouldn't, but we'll see what she can produce for Norway, and as long as she is able to stick the ball in the back of the net, I don't think they'll have any issues. 
getting out of this group. I mean, it is a competitive group. You also have Marin Mielde, who is the captain, uh, scored that phenomenal goal at the last World Cup from 18, 19 yards out, just how she bent it over the wall. Um, you also have Elise Thornsnes of the Utah Royals. And, you know, if you're Norway, right, you are likely the second team out of this group, but but you fully are aware of the fact that you have South Korea and Nigeria. Believe it or not, we were lucky enough to speak with one of the forwards on Norway's national team. One of our writers, Hannah, was able to chat with Emily Havi, the forward who currently who used to play for the Boston Breakers and is now playing her club soccer in Norway. These are her thoughts on Group A. Uh, I think it's a tough group. Um, but I think it's really cool that we're going to play France. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be an, an amazing atmosphere. Um, and I haven't played against Nigeria, I think. But I know that they won the African Championship this year. Um, so they're a really good team. And, and South Korea as well. So it's tough. But I think all the groups are tough. Again, that was... Amelie Harvey, and you talk about how competitive this group is going to be. They fully understand. They relish the opportunity to play France, and that will be the big game in this group. But again, keeping in mind that the Nigerians are the power out of Africa, and, and South Korea have some talented players as well. So we'll see what Norway can do. Expectations are a bit higher now that they have all of the star power, and we'll see how far they can go. Expect them to to be the second team out of this group, though. Next up, South Korea making their third World Cup appearance. They made the round of 16 at the last World Cup. Um, unfortunately, this group for them will be an uphill battle with the other three teams. Their star, they have two big-name players, Ji So-yoon, who is a brilliant attacking midfielder for Chelsea, always is able to create that little extra piece of ingenuity and creativity and brilliance when they have needed it in England this year. But Korea is going to need her to do that at a very high level if they want to get out of the group. And of course, their Korea's captain is Cho So-hyun of West Ham, also playing in England, their most experienced player. Um, again, they are always tactically sound. They can pass the ball. But the question is, Will they be able to defend enough to advance? Because they can score goals. They are more than capable. But will they be able to do enough to keep these high-powered offenses out? Um, unfortunately, my prediction is that they will be the last team out of this group. Sorry, not the last team. They will finish last in this group, but totally capable of, of finishing third. And they have an opportunity, if they can get points against Norway, to get out of this group. But it will be a tough, tough task for South Korea. Last but not least, the Nigerians. We've mentioned how they are a power in and of themselves. They have qualified for every World Cup just like Norway, but they haven't had any success advancing. They've made it to the quarterfinals in 1999, but in every other competition, they still have yet to get out of the group stage. Could this be their opportunity to do so? Defender Faith Ikidi says they feel the pressure, but they just have to go out there and do what they have to do. Many would 
consider Nigeria to be Africa's giant, the the team to beat. You guys have won 11 out of 13 Africans Women Cup of Nations. The country has competed in every World Cup since the first one in 1991. Nigeria huh? Nigeria is, it has to be said, the most successful women's soccer team on the continent. In thinking, okay. in thinking about this, do you think the team feels pressure? Um, yeah. Um, from the beginning, we have always been in pressure, you know. You know, they always say, like, oh, you can't just be African champions. You have to take it to the world. So we have been in pressure. But the thing is, you know, going to the World Cup every year with different players, you know, like... I know right now FIFA knows that we are the only team that comes with new players every World Cup. It's not easy because then we have to get to know ourselves, we have to understand ourselves. And sometimes, you know, I know where I come from, like we don't we don't have the opportunity to have and uh, to play more friendly, you know, come together. We don't have that opportunity, but we just do what we have to do. You know, go there and do our best. Whatever happens, we we just come back and learn from it. If only we will. You know, we as players, we're trying our best to to give our best to make the country proud. But at the same time, you know, we're looking up to the to our federation, like to help us. You know, as players, not just as a team, as players. Again, that was Faith Ikidi, defender for Nigeria. That was Hannah speaking with her, you know, talking about whether they feel the pressure as the the best team out of Africa. And, and look, they have every right to feel pressure, but when you haven't advanced out of the group stage, you know, when you've only advanced out of the group stage once, uh, you have to be disappointed with that fact that you're more than capable of getting there, but you want to be able to go far. You want to be able to, to represent your country and, and go on a deep run and you know, you look at this team, Asiad Oshuala is probably at 24 years of age. Their young star plays for Barcelona. They'll have a player like Ikidi to lead things at the back for them. We'll see what the Nigerians can do. Um, but again, with France and Norway, that really will be the key game of this group. Nigeria versus Norway to see who will be able to finish second. Because again, you'd have to expect... France to be atop of this group. So Nigeria, with some work to do, they will eagerly await that game against Norway. And of course, you have to pick up points against South Korea. But again, the group prediction for me is France to win the group, Norway to be the second team out of the group, Nigeria to finish third, and South Korea to come in last. But of course, that's what makes the World Cup so great. Anything is truly possible. All right, we move to Group B, and again, another powerhouse is at the top of the group, Germany. The Germans have appeared in every World Cup since 1991, and of course, they won back-to-back titles in 2003 and 2007. That was their golden era with Nadine Anger and goal, you know, Bridget Prings as well, Birgit Prings. So you look at that team and, and what they have, It's it's been a little bit tougher for them since 
you know, in, in more recent times, who could forget their dramatic loss to the United States at the last World Cup? Celia Sasich, who was that deadly assassin up top, is no longer there. Now they rely on Alexandra Pop up top as their star forward and likely will be the captain. And of course, you have Jennifer Marazan, who is always among the top five, top ten players in the world. Uh, her ability to just run the show in the midfield will be critical for Germany. They always have high expectations, having won the title twice, but it has not been what it once was in terms of their overall program. Again, they will be expected to reach at least a quarterfinal, semifinal, to win it all, right? But, you know, they have to be able to shore up things defensively and make sure that, you know, they they can combine and do well enough between Marazan and Pop, who will be doing the bulk of the work for them. It's going to be tough. You know, they have a, a good group here, and I think they will likely be the best team out of this group. Next up is China. The Steel Roses are really on the verge of a revival as they seek to replicate their run from 1999. They lost, obviously, to the United States in that dramatic penalty kick shootout. This is their seventh World Cup appearance, and they've slowly improved since not qualifying in 2011. That was that was truly a heartbreak for that nation, having made it to every World Cup prior to not qualifying in 2011. Their, their nickname or their moniker as the Steel Roses is very quite fitting and true to who they are. A defensive-minded team, but if you're not careful... You know, they will prick you like a thorn and, and truly pounce on the counterattack. They've got a real chance to be the second team out of this group. When you look at their overall star power, Wang Shuang plays for PSG in France, and she is the only player who plays abroad from their domestic league. Um, they're tactically solid. They play as a team. They communicate well. Uh, they, they can pose problems. They did make it out of the group, I believe, at the last World Cup. So, you know, if they can defend, which they will, to be able to stop teams like Spain and South Africa, they have a great opportunity to advance once again, just tr truly based on their style and who they are. The third team in this group is Spain. Now, Spain is making their second ever World Cup appearance with the first coming in 2015. They did not make it out of the group stage this time. And you know, any you're looking to build on that, right? As as a footballing nation that has had tremendous success on the men's side, and the women provide a similar style of play, they do have an opportunity to get out of this group. But again, the question mark is: Can they defend enough and and really get it done? Again, a lot of their best players are at the back. Celia Jimenez plays for Rain FC. She's a brand new signing for uh for the club. You have their vice-captain, Irene Paredes, plays for PSG, and Marta Torrejon plays for Barcelona as the nation's captain. So at the back, if they are capable of defending, right, they have an opportunity to go through. The other question is, will they rely too heavily on Jennifer Hermoso? It's a, we'll see. I don't know if there's any chance. I think Vero Boquet retired from the national team. You know, her last game for Spain was in 2017. But, you know, Jennifer Hermoso has been their star in terms of being able to score goals. So we'll see 
you know, she's going to have to do do the job for them and, and really get it done. Uh, but their play is always easy on the eye, and they'll look to make history for their country to, to try and go on a run. One of their midfielders we were fortunate enough to speak with, Aitana Bonmati, talks about the overall strength of Group B. I think that it's a very difficult group, uh, starting with Germany. Or see, uh, start, starting the, the first day, no. I, I say that Germany, I think, is the, is the, the most difficult uh, game in, in our group. But but China, I think, but China and South Africa, both, I think that they are difficult too, because China have uh, good players, uh, technical like us, and I think that they play good too. And and South Africa uh, have a very very quick and strong players, and I think that is a very competitive and and strong group. Again, that was Aitana Bonmati. And our writer, Hannah, was was lucky enough to speak with her. Uh, you know, I think her assessment was totally spot on of this group. China are a very tactical team, just like Spain are. And the South Africans, we will get to in a minute, are, are strong and pacey and provide this athleticism and offensive prowess that, you know, will be tough for any team to beat. Uh, so Spain will have their work cut out for them as we move along through this group. All right, the last team of Group B, South Africa, Banyana Banyana, making their first ever World Cup appearance so huge for this country. I mean, they have plenty of talent who we as Americans have seen firsthand in the NWSL. Janine Van Vyck, who who is their captain, played for the Houston Dash for quite some time. Of course, you have Tembi Ketlana and Linda Maflalo, who are now gone from Houston playing their pro soccer in China. Uh, that level of talent is something that will be on display for this World Cup. Again, Hannah was able to chat with Leandra Smeda, who has been a veteran in the game for quite some time, and talks about how this is a very big World Cup for South Africa. So you're a veteran on this team. I mean, you've played in two Olympics, um, but this is going to be your first World Cup. What are you excited for? Yeah, I'm excited uh, for all the games that we're going to be playing and um, having playing against um, uh, quality teams and some of the the biggest names in the game. And that's quite exciting. But just um, the whole um, World Cup experience, just being there and um, seeing how, how everything uh, is set up and and how teams will be competing and uh, also um, uh, the results that will be coming out and especially for all the, the, the first-time participants that will be going there, how um, we all will be um, doing. And um, as a team, we want to go there to compete and not just uh, there to be adding numbers. So it's also a, a, an opportunity for a lot of um, the players to go there and, and get scouted by um, clubs uh, abroad because uh, there's so much talent in South Africa, but it's just that they've never gotten that opportunity to be seen by um, 
like the rest of the world. So I think um, this will be also a good opportunity for most of the players to be seen by, by the rest of the world. And hopefully they will get uh, teams abroad and more players from South Africa will be playing abroad. And that can only be beneficial to our national team going forward. Again, Leandra Sameda is a midfielder for Banyana Banyana and he talked about how it isn't just about representing her country at the World Cup, it's about expanding South African soccer beyond its borders of South Africa, being able to go abroad, and it's so true the point that she makes, depending on who plays well, right, more and more of those players are going to get an opportunity to play abroad, to play in Europe, to play in America, whoever can find them and, and seize them. It isn't like the World Cup isn't just a competition for, you know, to see who's the best in the world. It's an opportunity for, for some players to improve their overall situation by just showing what they can do. It almost it, it is a showcase and like any other for scouts to really decide. And depending on how well players do, they can really change their fortunes depending on how well they play. So South Africa with the plenty of talent out there, of course, Tambi and Linda have done wonders in, in Houston. We see what they are capable of offensively. And, of course, Janine Van Vyke is solid as ever. But there are so many other talented players in South Africa. They truly are a wild card in this group. Uh, so in terms of how this group may or may not shake out, Germany should finish at the top without question. But for me, my pick I'm going with I'm I'm going with the shocking pick here. I really like South Africa to be the second team. I know I know it sounds crazy. I, I'm not entirely sold on Spain, and I think that they're capable of of beating China. Of course, China would be the safer play to be the second team to come out of this group, but I just really like this South African side and what they bring to the table in terms of attack and if they can assert their dominance on that side of the ball, right, they get the results they need against Spain. If they can beat China, you know, they're probably getting out of this group. So for me, that's my pick, then China and then Spain. So we'll see how it shakes out in Group B. But again, cannot wait to get to the actual competition and see how all of these matches play out. All right, so that's going to do it for Groups A and B in terms of the World Cup. We now move to a word from our second sponsor, Topical Gear. Topical Gear was formed in 2011 by a team of professionals from the orthopedic sports medicine field. Collectively, this team has over two centuries of knowledge in athletic training, biomechanics, product development, manufacturing, arthroscopy, and the pioneering of products in the sports medicine market. Their team is constantly on the gym or in the field, getting feedback directly from parents players, coaches, and athletic trainers as part of their continuing effort to develop products that help increase female athletes' performance while keeping them healthy. All of their products are backed by professional published research and tested by real athletes at both the high school and college level. All you soccer players, parents, and other athletes out there, go to www.compressioninmotion.com and check out the T25 knee along with other shoulder and ankle products. Alrighty, we move to the social media and lifestyle portion of the show. So much news to get to that we did not touch on earlier. 
you know, we talked about LAFC potentially being an expansion team in the NWSL, but first it looks like there could be another team coming on the East Coast. A Hartford area group has made a push for a New England NWSL expansion team. I believe it is involving Christine Lilly and Mohegan Sun Sports. They are part of a group aiming to bring a team to the Hartford area for the 2020 season. And of course, the team would use the New England uh, geographic area in the name in an aim to capture the attention of the entire region, which would be owned by local real estate investor Mark Greenberg. Huge for the league. Um, I've talked about in the past how I personally feel that if these teams are in bigger markets, then they will have an opportunity to, to truly thrive. Because um, again, you look at what the MLS is doing, it's really taken a while for them to, now they're expand. MLS is expanding like crazy. You know, you just have, you have what FC Cincinnati just added a new team and then you're looking at the team out in Austin, right? Now it's making sense because all of these markets are clamoring for their own teams. Miami will likely be in the work soon, but we need the bigger market places to come out and say, look, this this could be a could be a nice opportunity for us. However, not the you know, it's it's still great. Look, it's still great. We need this level of expansion in order for the league to grow. Uh we already unfortunately lost Boston, so I guess to bring a team to I guess Hartford may not be the worst thing. Um you know, Connecticut and that Hartford area is definitely a big soccer area, and hopefully it would capture the attention of the entire region. So we will see how that goes for uh, for the Hartford area. Christine Lilly backing the team, so that 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 truly would be great if we had every single you know big time U.S. former U.S. women's national team player kind of back a you know. A soccer team in a specific area in order to help the league grow just like Mia Hamm is doing with LAFC and just like with what Christine Lilly is in attempting to do for this Hartford based team so again the more the merrier here and we're hopeful that it will it will work out and they seem to have uh, you know uh, design for the stadium somewhat set and how things are going to work out so that that's huge and hopefully it will set a blueprint for what others are trying to do uh, moving forward as we grow this league now orlando went to seattle to play in their new home at cheney and uh you know, they they definitely had some thoughts regarding what it was like to play on a baseball field. You know, it was the first ever home match for Rain FC. And um, according to the Pride, prayer, Pride players and Mark Skinner, the, the, the pitch conditions were not ideal. It, it is a minor league baseball stadium. And Skinner said, what was really crazy is that if you look at it from the camera angle, you'd probably think, ah, it looks like quite a nice pitch. But the one half probably just the assessment would be like a jigsaw puzzle it kind of had connecting pieces where the ball would roll over it would bounce now cheney stadium is also the home of as we mentioned the tacoma rainiers which is the mariners AAA affiliate as well as the usl championship side tacoma defiance who are formerly seattle sounders too um center back alana kennedy of the pride also said 
that there was a stark difference in quality of the pitch in the outfield versus the infield. So when you look at overall, you know, the the rain making this move, it was a highly publicized move and how great it was that they were going to have a stadium to play on. But really, like, like let's be real here. Like, do the, can, can we really stop playing on baseball fields? I mean, this goes for athletics in general. Like, how... It, Check out NYCFC and and ask their fans how exactly it's it's worked out for them playing at Yankee Stadium. The, I literally saw a clip on Twitter the other day of a full blown huge chunk of grass coming up off the ground, and that's the MLS. So like, how can we in the NWSL be, you know, promoting one one day it's like we can't get grass fields, we have to play on turf. Now we have to play on baseball fields. Like, look, I get it was their first game. They have adjustments to make, but playing on a baseball field doesn't exactly help the cause here. It really doesn't. Like, in, like you take a look at the Oakland Raiders, still the last football team to be playing at the Coliseum where the Athletics play. And that's why they're finally getting their own stadium and moving to Vegas. So, you know, this this move so far, hopefully it... It will continue to work out. They still had a great turnout in terms of attendance, but I hope they can find a new location. Playing on a baseball field just is not the greatest look for, you know, for that team, I believe, personally. If, if we want the fans to have the best possible experience and we want the players to have the best possible experience in order to keep them here in America moving forward. Okay, so from what we've heard, obviously the NWSL got rid of their TV deal with the A&E networks, with Lifetime, Um, but in terms of what the league is doing to replace them, there are rumors swirling around that that the league is in the latter latter stages of discussing a potential partner for the 2019 season. Now, it says that the league is looking... uh, the league didn't comment on a timeline for finishing the deal or how many games they were looking to get broadcast, but hoping for one game a week, although it would be nice, right, to get multiple games in a weekend. So this is tough sledding here because you need to get this deal done, but do you even, question is, do you wait? Because now the World Cup's coming. How are you even going to get real viewership on the TV networks with the World Cup on. That's going to be a whole issue in and of itself, really. I mean, the time difference is is likely there, so it won't be too big of an issue. But on days when the United States is playing at the World Cup, like, good luck. You know, hopefully they don't... We'll see how they worked it out with the scheduling. I have a feeling that, like, in terms of scheduling, it hasn't been fully sorted out ahead of time because if the Pride can play three games in eight days... They, they obviously were not looking entirely all too far ahead in that department. So we'll see um, when this TV deal gets done. We'll see who the suitor is. There really is no other word. But again, critical that the NWSL has a TV deal signed soon. Now, we've also talked about the Spirit getting a, a TV deal with Monument Sports Network. And now, even better for the Chicago Red Stars, NBCSN Chicago is... is is going to be broadcasting their games. And again, a huge step 
Um, so we'll see what that does. It should be huge because Chicago is a big time sports city. There are teams that support each other. You can see how the Red Stars and Fire support each other. You can see how even the baseball teams are getting involved with the White Sox, with the Cubs. Um, obviously, the Bulls are in a tough place right now. But when you see what the city of Chicago is doing to get everyone involved, it truly is a great thing to see. And this TV deal is huge for uh, for the Red Stars and for Chicago. One final closing thought. Now, before I say this, we did have one new commentator over the weekend, Poppy Miller, um, a British play-by-play um, commentator who did a phenomenal job in the you know, in the first game over the weekend, but between Orlando and, and Utah. But other than that, like I, it has been tough sledding for these, for these commentators. It is so hard to, to sometimes sit through some of these games because we all deserve better. The fans deserve better. The players deserve better. They'll make an amazing play, like an amazing play display a fabulous first touch or a fabulous move and it'll kind of be glossed over as if nothing really happened you know we we need the best for the best players in the world it's really that simple so it's clear that the nwsl and yahoo sports listened and and decided to bring in a new voice but we still have uh some of the same ones that are still just making it making it very very tough so we'll see how um that situation plays out over, you know, the rest of the season. But Poppy Miller, you are a welcome, welcome addition to the team, and thank goodness you're there to to really provide a stabilizing voice and presence in the play-by-play booth. Alrighty, that is it for episode 18 of Give and Go. Thank you so much for tuning in. Wow, we had a lot to discuss and unpack today, but we hope you are getting ready, not just for the rest of the NWSL season, but for the World Cup as well. Of course, for more on all of this, go to www.girlssoccernetwork.com. Check us out on Instagram at Girls Soccer Network and on Twitter at Girls Soccer Net. We have a Facebook page as well. Just search Girls Soccer Network. So again, be sure to download this. We are on Spotify, iHeartRadio, and iTunes. So be sure to get this latest episode, guys. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. We'll see you in two weeks. Peace.